This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Welcome to the Final Fantasy Lorecast, a podcast dedicated to the history and lore of the Final Fantasy series. Join us as we take a deep dive into the different worlds, characters, and so much more. Welcome back, Warriors of Light, to another episode of the Final Fantasy Lorecast. I am one of your hosts, Ben of Tamaria, followed by my two other hosts, Steven. Woo! Let's talk some Baldur's Gate. I mean, Final Fantasy. <laughs> and Trey. I mean, I'm up for some Baldur's Gate talk. I just started, though. <laughs> yeah, um, no, we're not talking about Baldur's Gate. We are talking about Final Fantasy. Is this a Diablo podcast? <laughs> no, we don't have... Uh, we don't have one of those on the network. Not yet, anyway. Um, we do have a D&D podcast on the network, so if you want to know about D&D stuff, there is that. Just but saying. this is the final fantasy lore cast. Yes. Yep. Yes, it is. And we are continuing our th- uh, part three of Magic uh, for our episode here. And this is going to be the last episode of season one. So next week's episode... We'll be starting season two, and oh boy, next week for season two, it's going to get fun. But we'll leave that at that and have you listen next week for that. But to continue with magic, we are going into the later series of the, uh, of, of the games for how magic affects the story of Final Fantasy. And this week, we are starting with Final Fantasy Thirteen. So these are the games that you have the protagonist, Lightning. And to kick this off, so with Final Fantasy Thirteen, so the crystal is the source of magic. The Falci machines and the core made of the crystal can be used magic naturally, while humans have their crystal powers dormant, unlocked by be- uh, being branded as icy. By a Falci, although off-limits to regular citizens, Psycom and Guardian Corps cast magic via Antimatter Manipulation Principle, or AMP, and thus Magic Sanctum uses a, it uses is called Mana Drive. That was a mouthful. So, it is a mouthful, and that is all that is in the base game of 13. Um... I can't remember on the top of my head what lightning I mean, is because lightning can use magic, right? She's a lassie, um, okay. like the rest That's... of them. Uh, it sounds like the Fauci are like the the gods, quote unquote, and then they give the lassie the ability to use magic just naturally. And then some citizens have found a way to use magic via that antimatter manipulation. So. The of course the ones that are persecuted, the ones that are evil, are the ones that. Uh, the little C, the ones that can use magic on their own, much like 16. Yeah, mm, that is true. Which we did talk about um, in previous episodes where 13 and 16 have some parallels when it comes to like how magic is looked at and perceived. And 6. And 6. That's true. A random thought I just had, Steve... Do you think that so the way nine is a love letter to the games before it? Do you think sixteen is kind of a love letter to the games before it? 
just something just something to ponder i haven't i haven't like it is literally a a half-baked idea that i just that popped into my head so we'll table that but i wanted to spit it out i think it just draws inspiration from previous games but i wouldn't call it a love letter I think that's where I'm at too. But there are a lot. They they did. There's take a lot of references. A lot of, they they took a lot of it, refer, a, a lot of time to include the references. Sixteen's a love letter to fourteen, and that's only because the producer for sixteen is Yoshi P, who is the yeah. director and producer of fourteen. <laughs> yeah, that's that's literally what it is. Um, but now we jump to Final Fantasy thirteen two. So, magic is the ability to draw on the crystal power residing within oneself and make possible of all matter of an incredible feats. This power was once only in the province of Icy, but since the catastrophe and the migration of two pulse, some former citizens of Cocoon have suddenly developed the ability to wield magic. Sarah is one of those people. And many... Of those who now command magical energies are simple uh, civilians and have never had Sarah's experience of once being an icy. It is t- theorized that the move to Grand Pulse has awoken these abilities, and people are beginning to see magic as just another tool in their everyday lives. Noelle is also capable of casting spells, but doesn't seem to think of of himself as anything special. So. Hmm. It, just it starts shifting, kind of and, and with this, magic starts shifting into, and as we said earlier, in the standard 13, citizens have ability, have magic, but they're dormant where they can't access it. So then moving to a new location to pulse um, all these civ- civilians from Cocoon, all their dormant magic essentially unlocked, and they were able to now cast magic. And then uh, I do have a data log entry, a few of them, from uh, 13.2. So, when Intro's gate opened during the fall of Cocoon, Chaos leaked into Valhalla and into Grand Pulse. Goddess Etro inverted and closed the gate, preventing a flood. As said in the fragment entry, when the timeline was changed and history broken, fissures appeared in the wall that separates the spirit and the material and the crystal power that was once bestowed upon the icy was released permeating deep into the soil as such after the catastrophic um some of the people who settled the lower world developed the ability to use magic including former icy seraph foron magic is used by channeling the crystal power within each magic wielder and then Another one is the AMP technology is still present and used by the Academy's robots as well as the proto Fauci Adam. And then those who command the powers of chaos can gain immense power from it. For an example, uh, Caius Ballard, uh with the Heart of Chaos can become one of the Edelons and uses powerful unique spells. Cirrus uh, Yol, meanwhile, has a connection to Valhalla, gaining the ability to retrain, re- retain memories of a past lives, and it sees visions of the future. Sarah displays similar powers, and does and does lightning. Who, as the knight of Etro, can send dreams to those still dwelling in the mortal realm. 
So yeah, magic. <laughs> I'm not super familiar with 13. We're going to need your help with this one, Trey. Now, I, uh, think... I mean, it's basically what we explained before. Same thing. Yeah, a lot. I mean, yeah. the, the Lightning games. I mean, they're all sequels to one another. Which, of course, now we go into Lightning Returns, Final Fantasy 13, which is the third Lightning game. So the Falci and the Icy are largely gone from the world, but Callus still wields the powers of chaos, although it's still going out of control, bursting into the physical plane as chaos infusions. Orba Diavanella uh, has gained the ability to hear the voices of the dead stuck in the chaos and is the only one able to perform the magical ritual of soul song with a relic holy Cla- uh, calvis clivus clivus is that like uh like ascending from 10 uh, i don't know what that is maybe i'm not really sure it is a ritual um essentially to purify the souls of the dead. It's just a ritual they perform to purify souls. Yeah, so it's like ascending in 10. Just like putting their soul at peace. Mm-hmm. And then the most notable magic user in the world is Lightning, who has become the savior, gaining divine power from the Brunasville, allowing her to collect and yield souls from the magical tree uh, Yestrezel. Uh, Yestrigil is Norse mythology. The Tree of Life. Yeah, I have a hard time saying it. Uh, at the end of their quest, mankind journeys to a new world free of gods and magic. So, like, that's the other thing. With, like, 13 takes a lot of inspiration from Norse mythology. And lightning <laughs> is essentially... Say, geez, geez, li- Jesus. Lightning is essentially Thor, just with more magical powers. Oh, in the a name costume suggest, change, yeah, yeah. So, so she, she <laughs> so she becomes like the God Junior in this is is what I'm trying to figure think out. Think Percy Jackson. She essentially becomes a demigod. You never okay. watched? You never seen Percy Jackson or read the books? Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay. <laughs> so <clears throat> if I if I if I remember <laughs> this correctly, and if I'm wrong, please correct me in the Discord. So the Falci over over or the the Lussi, which are the people who get cursed and they get the tattoos like lightning, snow, and all of them, they over they they beat their gods. The Falci, um, all that stuff happens. I think it's the calamity or the I think that's what he called Catastrophe. it earlier. Or, whatever. And so all all of that happens. So then the people who were like the organizers of the magic, well, everyone can use it. In the future, that guy Caius hoards it. Or hoards the chaos, the magic, and then he mm-hmm. basically becomes a god. And then that other that other god gives lightning the powers. And then, like Ben said, she becomes a demigod. And then, you know, through the power of friendship and love for her sister, she finds a way in the end to triumph over Caius, who um, you mentioned his eating. I'm pretty sure it's Odin, which ties in even more to her being Thor. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, right. yeah, I believe. Yeah, I believe it is Odin actually. Um, <laughs> and the Edelons are Edelons are the summons of the game. So, yeah. But yeah, that is thirteen. All three thirteens. A lot of fun. It sounds there. interesting. 
Yeah, I always hear it, such it, divisive it, things about it's it. It's interesting. I think it's more interesting because they take a lot of inspiration from Norse, Norse mythology, and that's yeah. really a lot of fun. The story is good. the The gameplay is what kills thirteen. It is very much a tunnel, like you have to walk down. But there, there aren't random enemies. There's not like a place where you can go and grind levels. So, and and it's a job system. So if you, there are like three bosses. If you aren't following a guide or if you aren't doing things exactly how you're supposed to be doing them, it makes life extremely difficult. And it turned a lot of people off at the time I remember. And it, it like, it turns me off even thinking about it because it's such a limiting, a limiting part of the game. And it's, it's just so disappointing. Um, it's it's almost like it's like ten only if there were no random battles and instead of it being like the the big glyph thing it was just okay you're a white mage so you're gonna slowly level up as a white mage and stuff like that it was uh, the gameplay left a lot to be desired until you got to the end game that's what killed thirteen's momentum that's mm. fair and it's the same for all three of them no mm, and so no, I think it, and, I, I, I would say base game thirteen is like that. Yeah, in two, it's you play as Lightning's sister, and then a guy from the future that um, comes in, and then you. I don't remember how you get the monsters on your side, but you get to recruit monsters, and they fight with you as your third party member, and like you, you feed them, you level them up. It, it it's fun, you know. It, it's a little. It was a little on the lighthearted side, but I the battle system was fun. It was nice collecting collecting the monsters. So no, I thought. I thought 12 or yeah, 13, two was a nice change of pace. I thought it was, and I thought it went back on track and then, uh, 13, three, uh, I don't remember a whole lot about it other than it had like a time system that I was really worried about going into because I, I'm a completionist and it turns out the time system doesn't matter at all. So it's like Majora's, well, what Majora's mask is, that's what you thought it would be. I don't know. I've never been a Zelda person. I'm not a Nintendo ah. guy. <laughs> well, we there, one. there you have it, everyone. But <laughs> uh, with that, we are going to our next game, which y'all think might have been 14. No, we are skipping 14 and going straight to 15, which is going to be majority wow. of this episode. Because <laughs> oh my god, if you want to know magic having being a very major point of plot. Um, that is essentially literally just 15. Yeah, so take a deep breath, Ben, and have fun. <laughs> right, pretty much. Okay, um, so the world of Eos has various schools of magic. The king of Lucius channels the powers of the crystal as both uh, as their birthright and manifests the weapons of light. The Tenebran oracles have weapon has the powers of healing, and the astrals and their messengers use the power of the land to transcend time and location. Other magical powers in the world are wielded by daemons uh, whose power Nippelheim uses uses for Magitek. Hmm. Nippelheim. Interesting. Another Norse thing. Hmm. <laughs> Every time we read stuff about 15, I'm like, oh, interesting, even though I've already played it. <laughs> right. And then uh, the kings of Lucius can bestow some of their magical powers to those close to them as their king Regis in the king's glaive. Uh, and Prince Noctis and his uh, friends, I don't know the word I 
put in here, but his friends, his his companions. Uh, one type of roll magic is Elemency, the power of fire, ice, and lightning that can collect from various elemental deposits, originally only usable by the royal family. Elemency is collected in flask and it can be used thus by others. Yeah, he- I hated that mechanic. Yeah, that mechanic was weird in game. Um and then King Regis and his Kingslave use elemental magic outright without magical flasks needing to collect elemental energy from deposits. Many of the Kingslave hail from Galad uh, and is implied people from the region are adept in learning magic, thus making Galadians refugees suitable for the position of royal guard. Regis bestows upon the Kingslave the use of the elemental magic and uh, warp- warping but the glaives lose their magical powers with Regis's passing in Final Fantasy XV Comrades. The glaives use the royal magic via royal sigils. Coriolanus, the marshal of the crown's guard, is also implied to have been given magical powers from Regis. Despite Regis having died, he displays the ability to empower his weapons with red energy and manifests a sword from thin air. Now, I will let everybody right here. Comrades is... I can't remember. That is the... Is that the mobile game? Um, That is... <laughs> the multiplayer aspect. Uh, That was the multiplayer oh. aspect of 15. Because that's where you create your own character and you become, you become a king's glaive. What is a king's glaive again? Uh, you're essentially a guard for the royal family and you're you're basically the royal family's private army okay was that the movie no no that's well that's the movie so the final fantasy 15 king's glaive is the film that's the animated yeah. film they did comrades is the multiplayer right. um add-on they did for 15 which you can download as a standalone game yeah and then Noctis grants his friends the use of elemental magic via magic flax and the and the use of healing potions. Noctis is the only one powering the potions and elixirs, so they have healing properties. Without him, they can just be regular soda. <laughs> and presumably, uh, the conjuring of weapons from thin air, uh, Noctis's comrades do not need to be in his vicinity to bestow his powers. Yeah, um, so they have to be near him to use healing potions, but if they're not near Noctis, the potions are essentially just become soda. All right. Oh, I thought I read that the other way. I thought they stayed. Once he did it, I thought they stayed that way. So they got magical healing Dr. Pepper? Essentially. Oh, neat. <laughs> so, and then even Araya uh, can conjure her weapons from thin air when she interacts with the uh, comrades. But whether this is a power bestowed from Noctis or a property of her Magitek spear is unknown. Noctis's retainer, Ignis Scientia, is specially attuned to using elemental magic and can even can do so without magic flasks with his spell dagger technique and sage fire. And the Lucian Royals can teleport and phase through solid matter, summon weapons, and even fishing rod, in Noctis's case, from thin air, wield the power of the ring of Lucian, um, summon the astrals they have forged covenants with, and project magic barriers 
the most notable one being the one around the crown city of Insomnia that King Regis upholds, though in doing so, ages him. So, yeah. Um, so far, that's a lot of 15. Um, <laughs> I'm telling you, like 15 is like the most magic central plot, period. It's insane how much plot deals with magic. I mean, they're just way more detailed about the magic aspects of the game. Like, I feel like there's a lot of this in the other games. It's just not spelled out as much. Right. In the it's not game. like as they didn't put as much flavor text and description into everything like they did in this game. So, yes. so other Going. than I know so from what I'm reading and hearing you say and understanding, the, the only people in the world that can use magic are Noctis's bloodline and then um, the people from Galid sometimes. Yeah, they're more the attuned. Yeah, they're more attuned and everything, but uh, yeah. For anybody else, they would have to be granted the power from the Lucius bloodline, which is Noctis's family bloodline. Is this the only game where magic is so like hard to come by? Well, see. Um, I mean, yeah, six. Yeah, six. You're right, six. But it's so. it's more th- with this one. It's more centralized on specifically a bloodline rather than not just being hard to find it's specifically tied to a bloodline right but i think that's why there's so much lore to it because it is Mm -hmm. it is so central to the plot whereas like in seven in eight nine like magic's just in the world whereas this is one specific family has this one specific like yeah so i think that's why there's so much going on with the magic and that's what makes Noctis a freaking anime protagonist is because he has special powers that no one else has. Oh, he is the anime protagonist. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. But uh, at this point, we're going to take a quick mid-break and we will be back with more 15. Alright, welcome to the middle of the show where we talk about everything to do with the podcast that has nothing to do with the lore of Final Fantasy. And at this point, I just want to thank everybody listening to the show and keep supporting us. If you do want to support us, there's a few options you can do that. Uh, first off, we do have a Patreon at patreon.com slash lorecast where you can get ad-free episodes. Or you can even join us once a month on the on the show of your topic of your choosing. We can talk about theories, we can talk about your favorite game, we can talk about upcoming stuff for like final fantasy VII rebirth i mean we can talk about whatever you want and then uh you can also support us through apple and spotify if you leave a five-star review on apple with some words we'll read it out loud on the next time on the show as well as leaving a nice comment on any of our episodes we will read that out loud on the show as well 
And we actually do have one. It is on our first episode, Meet the Host of Season 1. So it's from this is from Spartan Sharp. Uh, hey guys, I'm really excited for this show. I'm a huge fan of FF. I'm currently playing through them in order. So excited to listen to while playing. My favorite job is Dragoon. Nice. Classic. So we have a Dragoon listener with us. So that is awesome. And Dragoon's a lot of fun to play, no matter what game you're in. Mm. Wow, <laughs> debatable. Wait, what What was that? One of my 14. most... 14? Uh, mm-hmm. That's what I picked. Oh, yeah. 14's fun to play Dragoon. One of my most antis- anticipated episodes is when we get to rank like the top 10 Dragoons. Ooh, <laughs> fair point. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you can... Uh, support us that way you can also join us on discord we're on a few different ones there is the robots radio discord at robotsradio.net to where we had channel for this show and you can join us on my discord ben and friends podcasting to where we have a channel for this show as well as the other shows i host the uh wizard world Lorecast and the holocron histories um and I really think I think that's all we got on this week. Oh, and we do live stream these episodes normally every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, um, 5 p.m. Pacific. With me going to a new job, scheduling could be a little wonky. So if you want to see us live, just go to um, Twitch and go to my channel and just follow and turn on notifications and that way you know when we go live and i live stream my other shows as well so you can join us on there as well um anything else you guys want to add oh you wanted to add something about quincecottle didn't you yes i was told to pass on a message to trey saying um that you made up for your um your alleged eight uh, blasphemy by praising quincecottle because apparently that's you have you have a, a uh, someone else who thinks he's the best. Uh, awesome, but, awesome. I don't know anything, <laughs> about that, but I'm just passing the message along. <laughs> All right. Well, we have that uh, shot fired, and at that point, we are going to end the mid break and get back. There was into no 15. shot fired. No what shot fired. Mean? Okay. No, he no. agreed. Oh, he agreed. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, I took that. I listened to that completely different. But anyway. Don't mind me. It's been a it's been a week. But uh yeah, let's get back into it. Okay. Now that we're back, we are getting back into 15 again with more magic because that's all this story has. Um so the descendants of the Lucius Callum bloodline uh, can brandish the royal arms, magical weapons with transcendental presence that is said to be able to destroy the Star Scourge. The royals have access to the Armager, which allows them to wield various weapons at once, fly, and greatly increases their power. Each of the rulers of Yor also have significant powers that are engraved in each sigils of their statues. The most powerful magical ability in the world is the power of the province. The true king is prophesied to use to cleanse the world of Star Scourge. Uh, I will yeah. say that was, I know I poo-poo 15 a lot, but the different weapons that you can cycle through 
was definitely a high point for him. That you yeah, that that you can you can swap on the fly and everything with yeah. that. Yeah, that is. It, I did really like that. Yes, that that was a lot of fun. And then Arden Lucius Callum, the oldest member of the Lucian's royal family, who became tainted by the Star Scourge. Uh, he had absorbed, still retains the powers granted to his bloodline while gaining new magical ability, ma- magical powers from the corruption. While his powers have been tainted, causing his magic to emit a demonically red glow, he can still teleport, phase, summon weapons from thin air, wield the ro- royal arms, power potions from healing purposes, and use armature as well as erect a magical barrier. Huh. <sighs> Yeah, still more. Uh, <laughs> he can also use elemental magic without needing magical flasks. Uh, that is the only one capable of controlling darkness. He can create illusion, stop time, transform into miasma to teleport and fly, and even brainwash beings as powerful as the rulers of yore. Arden can simulate uh, demons into himself to increase the power and experience their memories, and even resurrect the dead, turning them into a ghastly mockeries of their former selves as the star scourge incarnate incarnate Arden is immortal and unkillable uh, to all but the true king and then um, Arden you do meet him quite frequently throughout the story of 15 which is insane because he's quote unquote the main antagonist of the game and they even did a DLC specifically for him as well yeah, and he does. But he was very weak as an antagonist, personally. Yeah, you're not wrong there. Not not necessarily his fault. I just I didn't like the way they I didn't like the way they portrayed him. Yeah, he's very aloof. He was just yes, kind he's of like very aloof. Not, not very threatening. Yeah, you see him like the first time I think you meet him is in that fishing village, isn't it? Yeah, and he's like, he's oh, waiting to get on the boat. Yeah, and I was like, and then you get to the end of the game. He's like, wait, he's the main villain. Like, like I thought he was some him? random dude at the be- beginning of the game. What? <laughs> oh. And uh, the old king spirits are linked to the mortal world by the ring of Lucy, uh, Lucy. A royal heirloom can allow the monarch to command the crystal's power. The ring holds the souls of the past Lucian monarchs. And if someone outside their bloodline wears it, the kings will judge whether they are worthy of its power. If deemed unworthy, the ring bearer is burned. Hmm. And by burned, I mean they like set you on fire. Does that happen in the game? I uh, I can't recall on the top of my head. I don't. Th- I don't remember. I don't think so. I just need to replay. I it. think it's just like in in lore. If I recall, I don't you think can replay it and get back to us. Yes, go well, replay it, Stephen. <laughs> um, and then, if accepted, the kings grant the bearer power in exchange of a royal uh, price or of a blood price. The ring allows the command of the old wall, 12 statues in insomnia that house the spirits of the dead kings, and it can animate to defend the city at the behest of the ring bearer. The ring also greatly enhances the wielder's, wielder's physical power and grants them powerful magic. The royals armed with the ring of Lucy can cast special spells with it. And then Gilgamesh, the first shield of the king, displays a unique magical power. He can phase and warp and through unknown means seem to have sealed his soul inside the tempering grounds, allowing to succeed his um, 
morality and continue living for over 2,000 years. He can reanimate the dead souls in his residence, empower his blades with red energy, and vanish from one place to another, as well as create a special or spatial version of his lost arms. And then Niflheim has a special device that can block the king's power, the forging of weapons from thin air, and use the elementsy. The effect is the result of Niflheim being discovered as a quote-unquote a wave. They have dubbed the Wallbreaker Wave that can neutralize not only the Wall of Insomnia, but other magical phenomenon exhibited by the Lucian family and even have an enfeebling effect on the Astrals. However, the machine has no effect on the Ring of Lucy. So, yeah, there's that. <sighs> Does someone have anything to say? I'm just... Just enjoying the ride here. I'm like, oh, this seems like an interesting game, even though I played it. <laughs> I don't remember any of this. Is Niflheim? That's the. Is that the city um, that Noctis is from? No, he's from Insomnia. No, yeah, that's the one they're at war with, I believe. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, although Nix Ulfric, Ulfric, is this from Skyrim? What <laughs> um, says? Luna Freya Knox uh, Florent can't use magic in Kingsglaive Final Fantasy XV. Uh, she has the powers of an oracle and can fight the Star Scourge. She also uses the Trident of the Oracle, a royal arm, to summon the Old King's Spirit to empower Noctis. The oracles bless heavens, havens that become able to repel demons and can heal those affected by the Star Scourge. Uh, Milady. I don't know why I had been a lady there. Um, and the magic of the astrals, the god of the gods of Eos, is linked to the element. For an example, Shiva, the ice goddess, can freeze things solid with the touch of her hand. The astrals' messengers likewise have mythical powers of their own. For example, the canine messenger Umbra can travel anywhere in the world. In Final Fantasy XV episode Ignis, Luna Freya's other messenger dog, Prina, delivers a vision to the future. Of the future to Ignis. So if you notice, um, Luna Freya, Noctis's fiance, uh, has two dogs. So this is a this is one of the Final Fantasies where you have dog companions, and these dog companions have special powers. And like you will constantly meet Umbra because he can teleport at will. He's just always he's there as a uh, convenient move mm-hmm. the plot along kind yep. of thing. Like here's a letter from this girl that you're supposed to meet. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And then uh, Kimya Allenbury, I I think that's I can't remember how you say her name, uh, was exiled by her sister for the supposed dark arts. Uh, She was practicing with her own, with her potion making, and became known as the Witch of the Wood. Uh, But whether she actually has any supernatural talent is unknown. And then in Final Fantasy XV, the Dawn of the Future elaborates the kings and the oracles' magic originating from Bahamut, the highest astral who exists in a heavenly realm as opposed to being bound to the planet like the other astrals. After Noctis and Arden cooperate to destroy him in both the physical and heavenly realms, magic is lost and the astrals and the crystals vanish. 
Before shattering, the crystal absorbs all remnants of the Scourge, cleansing Eos. So that is the book. I just, I just yes, that is the book. Yes, the that book. Is, so the book literally finishes the plot of Final Fantasy fifteen. Oh. Mind you, as much as I hate how some games have that, it is so annoying that we don't get it. So on the sixteen, yes, on the sixteen, <laughs> finally, which is only one bullet point. The phenomenon uh, itself is called magic, whereas the manifestations themselves are called casting magics. Magic uh, are cast by channeling a barren ether via a crystal shard or via one's own body in case of a bearer in dominance. Magics are typically one of eight elements of the realm, though typeless magic also exists magic use is considered impossible on the deadlands due to the lack of a, a, a ambient ether though dominants can still prime by expending their own ether such as with hugo kupka in sid's hideout yeah so uh go play I don't wanna, I, go play yeah, I don't 16 uh, all I will say is go play 16. It's a great game. It's so much fun. Magic is obviously also a big plot point, but we are not going to spoil 16 since this is still the newest title of the series, and I believe it's actually on sale currently right now, so go pick it up. It's, it's on, on sale, sale already. It's, yeah, it's on sale for the first time. It came out in, like, freaking June. Yeah. Trey, you're muted. Yeah, I realize that. They knocked it down to a 20% sale when they announced the two DLCs and the PC port that they'd already yes. announced. Yes. Um, so I think it was more a, we're going to put this on sale, so it's popping <laughs> up on sale as we're promoting it. Yep. Hey, we're making the PC ports finally come in. Oh, hey, by the way, guys, we're adding expansions to this game because it's great. I don't have high hopes for the expansion. We'll see. Hey, hey, hey. Yoshi P is a producer on this game. I don't care. He makes great stuff. Look at 14. That's all <laughs> I need to say. That's all the evidence I need. I need you to finish 16. I want to hear your thoughts on... Fair point. There's, the story there's so many games to play. I know. You, but, you talk about how, how great Yoshi P is, but he didn't grip you enough in his single-player game that you were even able to finish it. Hey, it gripped me enough Boom, to where whoa, 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 it gripped me enough to make me go back and play fourteen. No, you gotta finish sixteen. <laughs> How far are you in it? Oh, don't say, don't say. I'm yeah, not gonna I guess we can talk about yeah. that yet. Uh but anyway. So that is with the mainline series, but I am going to go over Final Fantasy Type Zero. Because that is the other major game that Magic had a major plot point. So, magic is a power usually granted by the Crystals of Orients, and the Vermilion Bird Crystal specializes in it, bestowing the gift of magic onto the citizens of, of the Dominion of Rubrum. Magic is susceptible to the Milicy Crystal Jammer, which prevents people from drawing power from their crystal in its vicinity. Class Zero can wield magic without the crystal due to having been augmented by Arcia Arashi, Arashi 
and draw the power from their hearts by the force of the Phantoma instead. And that is like your character in Final Fantasy Type-0. You are a, a class 0, so you can use magic at any point. So that's why you're a major character in the game. And then people's magical powers were, uh, wane once they become adults, but is unknown if this also extends to the use of the uh, Phantoma rather uh, than the powers of the crystal. Arcea is the arc sorceress of Rambra and one of the most powerful people in Orients. Although she doesn't flaunt her power uh, powers often, one of the magical powers used by the Dominion citizens is command over Edelans, and Arcea's Bahamut Zero is perhaps the most powerful of them all. So this is where you're going to hear, I believe Type Zero is within the universe of 13, because Ices are servants of the crystals who grant them incredible strength and ability to wield magic. However, many view this as the icy sacrificing their humanity. And then... So ma- this is... Yep. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go on. Go on. I was just going to say, I, it, I'm just realizing it's super tied into 13. Yes. It's got the same race in there. Yep. And Eidolans as well. Eidolans. Yeah. And then magic is researched in the... Akdamian's Sorcery Division. Different spells are analyzed and reformulated day and night, and the findings taught to individuals enrolled as Ajito cadets who seek to actualize their magic potential. Which I believe is the main character. You're You're a cadet in this as well, because you go to war and all that fun stuff. If I recall. And then, um, so this is her history of magic within the dominion of Rubram. So, upon Orients came to the crystal of the Vermilion Bird to guide the children of Rubram and bestow the great task upon them. As an ancient verse that still guides the Vermilion Pristinium, the creed was intentionally known as to the few who desired to become Agito, a figure of legend said to be able to open the path to the heavens, housing the Mitvil vermilion bird crystal under a humble schoolhouse in 100 years the word of the verse spread to settlements far and wide and the school expanded into a great grand institution institution to be known as uh akara dam academia academia Academia. academia. (laughs) words and then <laughs> about a century after the unification and official establishment of the dominion of Rubrum, the separation of magic from religious faith was made official with the establishment of the sorcery division. The study of magic saw leaps in progress while spells were traditionally taught from individual to individual. Categorization and classification helped provide a lexicon of spells to anyone with magical power. Rubrum's military helped stabilize and unify spellcraft by developing units that would specialize in certain types of magic. Huh. That's type zero. Terrific. That's a PSP game. I never played that either. Nope. Never played it. But it just looks like it's just more of 13. It's just different uh, I just got a message from Sharp in our Discord saying, in Type-0, you can play as 12 cadets and swap out the main one being Ace. 
Thank you, Sharp. I mean, you you can you can chat in the stream if you want to. Just saying. Oh, so it's it's kind of like twelve then, where you have a group of people and you're just constantly switching out, out parties. That's what it sounds like. Yep. And then uh, I do have an etymology. Um, so magic or sorcery is an attempt to understand, experience, and influence the world using rituals, symbols, and actions, gestures, and language that are believed to exploit supernatural forces. And that's it. That is magic part three in the Final Fantasy. Yeah. We did it. We, we, we got through magic. We made it through 15. We made it through 15. <laughs> that that was the main. Yes, we made it through 15. Oh, my God. I yeah. kind of want to go play it again now after reading all. <laughs> like, this, this sounds like a fascinating story. Maybe if I play everything and watch the movie and read the book, I'll be like. Yeah. I will say King, King, the Kingsglaive film, animated film they did, uh, which it's, it's set before the events of 15. It's actually a really good film. What is it? Is it just on the PlayStation Store? Uh, the film? Um, yeah. Here, I can check on that real quick. They do have a free-to-play game as well. Um, I think called... That's the mobile one? Uh, no, they don't... I mean, there is a mobile one, but that that's like a tactics-style game, and it's bleh. Yeah, that's what I hear. Where to watch. YouTube. That's it. Fifteen has a short anime on YouTube. Oh, well, you can you can rent it on Apple. I know, and I, I, they don't really have anywhere to stream the Fifteen film. The Final oh Fantasy you, films you can't really stream up unless it's all I on say, YouTube. Yeah, I say like the, the cast is Sean Bean is in it, Aaron Paul, um, Lena Headey. They got some. It's not big names for this. It's, wow, I mean, it's it's Final Fantasy. You might have you might have just <laughs> sold me on it. I mean, Sean Bean. I might just have to watch this now and play the game. That's what we're gonna do next, Trey. After we finish nine, we'll have to go. I through will, I will not play fifteen again. I did not enjoy the gameplay. You you if you're playing it, you can talk me into watching someone play it. Like one of those like quick walkthrough where it's mostly just the story, so that way I can I can follow what's going on. <laughs> Fair enough. But yes, that is what we have. And uh, next week, and we will be coming out with season two, which stay tuned for that. If you want to see season two before it goes, you know, live next week, next Friday, uh, we are streaming it tomorrow because of my hectic new work schedule for my first week at my new job won't let me stream and record this episode like we normally would so but that will probably iron out i'll get all the details next week with my new job so fun stuff and i know you're i know you're wrapping up but before we go we have to mention that final fantasy ever crisis came out today on the mobile platform it it Um, it is it is free it is basically like a a gameplay compilation of all of the final fantasy 7 universe content up to this point basically like a refresher and like a reintroduction i've played a little bit of it uh i'm currently running through as cloud and barrett through that first reactor so it's a lot of fantastic uh oh so once again so it's just it's going through like um essentially like the important iconic moments we get in final fantasy 7 in the series of that 
yeah. and with new stuff too because i know there's new stuff specifically with like a young Sethiroth before the events of seven really? yeah uh i i don't know like i i i purposely didn't uh consume a lot of information i wanted to go in kind of blind and see it um but i've enjoyed it so far and we it's something that we're definitely gonna have to talk about and if you're a fan of final fantasy you should definitely look into it because again it is free there is there is paid content for like costumes and stuff like that but i mean it's a free game i expect them to try and find a way to at least make a little money off of it other than ads so go enjoy the free final fantasy 7 game yes Go play Ever Crisis because that's what we'll all be doing. It's on, on your phone. My, yeah, it's on your phone. It's a mobile game. Um, I mean, I have it downloaded. I had it pre-ordered, so I just haven't booted it up yet. But yeah, fun stuff. Fun times. Final Fantasy. But yeah, uh, that is all that we have for this week's episode. And thank you for listening to the Final Fantasy Lorecast. And may the crystals guide you. Thank you for listening to the Final Fantasy Lorecast. You can find us on the Robots Radio Discord at robotsradio.net. You can find us on Twitter at FFLorecast. And you can email us at FFLorecast at gmail.com.